Good morning. Welcome to the marketplace. Our honor and privilege to have you with us this morning. For those of you who are able to join us in our drive up service, praise the Lord. For those of you who are not able, here's the word of the Lord. Um, you're not missing anything. We're trying to make sure that we are giving both parties uh, the word. We want to make sure we're giving you the best experience that we can. We hope that you have enjoyed that time of worship um, that we have had. Let's dig into the word of God together. We've been, we started another series um, on last week talking about abiding. And in talking about abiding on both Sunday and Wednesday, we, we recognize it is important to stay put, to keep ourselves in the posture and position of the Lord. And there's a couple of questions um, that come up when we start talking about abiding, when we deal with this. And I'm going to read really just one verse today to continue to move us forward and progress us in our understanding of our text in John chapter 15. So a couple of questions. Number one, why is it so hard for us to stay with the Lord? Why is it that we have these ebbs and flows with the Lord? Why is it so hard for us to stay connected? That's, that's the first question. Number two, why are we on and off again? You know, that on and off again. One minute we're for God, the next minute we're not. One minute we're on fire for the Lord, the next minute we are not. Or how about this? Why is it that during times of pruning, because I told you Wednesday not to resist the pruning, why is it during times of pruning, our resistance is so strong? Now, we could quickly jump into some of the obvious. Maybe it is rebellion. We, we know to do right, but we're simply not doing right. That's a product of sin. Maybe it is stubbornness. You know, we're just stubborn. We're just hard-headed. You know, in the scripture, you would see that called things like stiff-necked. Or maybe, you know, the flesh is just alive and you are struggling with live flesh. All of those are possible reasons where you're not staying with the Lord, where you're on and off again, or where you are resisting the pruning. It could be rebellion. It could be the flesh. It can be stubbornness. But today, as I dig into the word, I want to give you another possible solution. I want to give you another possible option as to why we are struggling with abiding or staying put with God. Because here's the truth. Some of us think we are abiding and we are not. Some of us think, like, God, I'm right where you are, but you're not. Some of us think we're connected to God and we are not. As a matter of fact, some of us think that we are accepting consistently the pruning of the Lord and we are not. What do you mean by that, Bishop? The reason that we can think we are in a place that we are not is because it is possible, listen to me, to be deceived. It is possible to be deceived. Like, you know, where the text talks about that the devil goes to and fro as a roaring lion. So what we are learning from that is he's not really a roaring lion, but that the enemy always operates as an imposter. He moves forward trying to be everything that the Lord is. Now, when you approach this John 15 text with that understanding, we are able to get even a deeper clue 
as to why many of us think we're abiding and we're not. We think we're connected and we're not. We think we are accepting pruning and we are not. Let's just read this verse. And I know I've been moving back and forth between these first three verses of John 15, but I just want to read one verse today. Look at this. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. I'll do it again. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Third time. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. I want you to notice that 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 verse, that singular verse, one that we often read through because we want to get to the rest of the text shows us something that we often overlook. What does it say? I am the true. Underline that in your Bibles. I am the true vine. For Jesus to call himself the true vine, he is showing us, watch this, that there is also a false vine. When the devil said that he goes to and fro like a roaring lion, he was not saying that no lions exist. He was actually showing us that there is a true lion and there's a false lion. And so when Jesus says, I'm the true vine, he is calling our attention as believers to the reality that there is also a false vine. We should understand that term vine right there as the word source. So when Jesus said, I'm the true vine, what he was showing his people, what he's showing us, what I want to show us today is that Jesus, watch this, is the authentic or the legitimate source. Some of us, if we want to be honest on this morning, are connected to fictitious sources that are masquerading as legitimate. I'll do that again. Some of us are connected right now to fictitious sources that are masquerading as legitimate. Titles don't make you legitimate. Accomplishments don't make you legitimate. We are connected to fictitious vines, false vines that are masquerading as the true vine. That's what the devil does. He always tries to be what the Lord is. The enemy gives you a false impression of the legitimate God. A false vine is very deceptive. A false vine is extremely deceptive. This is why, again, you can think you're connected when you're not. You can think you're abiding when you're not. You can think you are accepting pruning when you are not. Why? Because some of us have been deceived, glory, by false vines. How do false vines deceive us? Let me give you four ways. Let me give you four ways that false vines deceive. Number one. A false vine makes one feel comfortable because you can look around and see others who are connected to the same vine. I'll do it again. A false vine makes one feel comfortable because you can look around and see others who are connected to this same vine. So in other words, you look around and you say, I must not be bad because there are other people connected 
to the same vine as me. I must not be out of position. I must be in the right posture because when I look around, there are other people connected to the same vine as me. There are other people who think the way I do. There are other people acting the way I do. There are other people saying the same thing that I say. Therefore, I can misconstrue a crowd as the verification of my righteousness. Listen to this. The issue with this thinking, and number one, the issue with this thinking is, watch this, sin is not a lonely place. I'll do that again. Sin is not a lonely place, but righteousness can be. Sin is not a lonely place, but righteousness can be. So it is possible to be deceived by a crowd of people just because you see people in your current posture, just because you see people in your current position, as a matter of fact, just because people are doing, saying, behaving in the same way as you, that does not automatically mean that your current posture, position, and behaviors are in alignment with the will of God. Sin is not a lonely place, but righteousness can be. Number two, the second reason that uh, vines can be deceptive. False vine can be deceptive. Watch this. A false vine will not hold you accountable. A false vine will not hold you accountable. What do you mean? A false vine will leave you to your own devices. It will make you feel as if you are a free thinker without challenging you to have the mind of Christ when you are connected to a false vine you know you you are you are you are just left to your own way you are not uh challenged to have the mind of Christ you are challenged to think like everybody else to behave like everybody else so you find yourself degrading and and downshifting the standards of the lord why because number 1 a false vine makes you feel comfortable with the crowd. Number two, a false vine will not hold you accountable. You always feel as if you are right because I'm left to my own devices. Number three, a false vine will make a backslidden state feel like growth. Hear that? A false vine will make a backslidden state feel like growth. In other words, while you are getting further and further from the will of God, so I'm going in the wrong direction, I'm getting away from God, the false vine will tell you that you are getting free when truthfully you're getting more comfortable with bondage. So you're backsliding and you're going further and further away. And so a false vine will say, look at the freedom that you now have. And you start hearing people say stuff like, the church had me bound. And there are some churches that have people in bondage. But I, but it is, it is dangerous when you start making absolute statements. The church had me bound. No, that church had you bound. The scripture says, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is not the thing that hurts you. A church might have hurt you. A preacher may have hurt you. 
A particular church may have had you in bondage. A particular church may have had an erroneous the theology. But the church of the living God is still strong. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. But when you are connected to a false vine, the further and further you get, a, get away from God's will, you begin to think, oh man, you know, I'm getting free. I'm free. And you start hearing people say, when I was in the church, I had to get out of the church to get free. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. You have to get deeper in God. The Bible, watch this, if any man be in Christ, He's a new creature, right? He whom the son has set free is free indeed. And so I got to get in Christ. I have to get to Jesus in order to experience legitimate freedom. But when I am connected to a false vine, a false vine will cause my backslidden state to feel like growth. Let me go further. Some of us are way further from God than we used to be. But because we are connected to a false vine, we feel like our current state is actually a state of freedom when our current state is actually a state where our flesh is on display. Let's go back. So a false vine makes one feel comfortable because you look around and see others who are connected to the same vine. Number two, a false vine will not hold you accountable. It'll leave you to your own devices. Number three, a false vine will make the backslidden state feel like growth. In other words, the further and further you get away from the will of God, you began to think that you're getting free when actually you're getting further and further into bondage. All right, here's number four. Hope this is making sense. A false vine will feed you, but it won't feed you what you need, only what you want. I'll do that again. A false vine will feed you, but it will not feed you what you need. It will only feed you what you want. It will feel as if you are getting the desires of your heart, but it will only be the desires of your flesh manifesting. This is what a false vine will do. So a false vine, you will actually be receiving things, but you won't be receiving the things of God. You'll be receiving things and you'll be naming those things and labeling those things as the desires of your heart. But since your heart is corrupted by being connected to the false vine, when you are receiving the desires of your heart, they're actually not the desires of God's heart. They are the, the desires of your flesh. Great preacher Gardner C. Taylor Gardner C. Taylor, great preacher, said something that is really, really profound. And he was talking specifically um, during this story about preaching style. And he was saying that um, the Western church and the modern church um, really loves a, a particular uh, charismatic theatric preaching style. True. And he said, but the problem is when we grow our church or attempt to grow a church by only giving them our stylistic norms or giving them our particular performance, watch this, we are growing a church on a diet of candy. Pay attention. We're growing a church on a diet of candy. And so every time we hear a sermon, uh, it hypes us. We feel good. We dance. We run. We jump. We do all of those things. We love the charismatic theatric display and I understand that. I understand the cultural relevance of that. I understand where it has come from. I understand how it is entrenched and it is deep rooted specifically in the African American community. I also understand that we all have culture. This is not devoid of culture but pay attention. When we grow our churches on that particular candy when we grow our churches on that particular candy 
That candy, as the congregants chew on that candy, eventually a steady diet of candy will erode your congregation's teeth. This is what Gardner C. Taylor said. It will erode your congregation's teeth. And now, when it's time to love your neighbor as you love yourself, now, when it is time to push people into the deep things of God, now, when we have to teach on signs, wonders, and miracles, now, when we have to operate in a new levels and higher levels of faith, now, when we actually have to see the will of God manifest in the earth, now, when we have to validate that we have the skill set to pray on higher levels, now, when we need to have the mind of Christ, because we grew our church on a steady diet of candy, the vegetables of the word are not only not palatable, not only are they not something that we're used to, but the, watch this, the teeth of the congregation, this is what Gartner said, the teeth of the congregation have been rotted by the diet of candy and now they cannot chew the vegetables of higher levels of doctrine. Glory to God. And see, a false vine, teach Holy Ghost, a false vine will feed you, but it will only feed you the diet of candy. It will only keep giving you the things that you want and not necessarily the things that you need. And then when it is time to pray for the sick so that they can recover, the vegetable of of a deeply rooted prayer life cannot be consumed because all of your teeth have been rotted by the candy that you desired. So let's go back. A false vine is deceptive. Why, Bishop? Because a false vine makes you feel comfortable because you look around and you see other people who are connected to the same vine. Number two, a false vine will not hold you accountable. It will leave you to your own desires, allowing you to feel like you're a free thinker without challenging you to have the mind of Christ. Number three, a false vine will make your backslidden state feel like growth. Why? Because while you're getting further and further away from the will of God, the false vine tells you that you are truly getting free when you are actually comfortable in your bondage. Four, a false vine will feed you. But it will only feed you what you want and not what you need. It will make you feel as if you're getting the desires of your heart. But the only thing that is actually manifesting is the desire of the flesh. How then? I am the true vine. How can I be sure that I am connected to the true vine? How can I be sure that I am not connected to a false vine? From Genesis to Revelation, we see this, this, on, this, this in and out of false prophets. We see people who would do things even in the name of the Lord that, that Jesus would have to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, or I never knew you. We see this. So how can I be sure that I am connected to a true vine? The true vine makes you uncomfortable. Glory to God. True vine makes you uncomfortable. What do you mean? The true vine is always pushing you higher instead of letting you settle. You know that old song you say, every round goes higher and higher. The true vine is always pushing you. It's always wanting more to whom much is given, much is required. The true vine doesn't let you just say, this is good enough. The true vine makes you uncomfortable in settling for less than God's will. It makes you uncomfortable with your prayer life. It makes you uncomfortable with your study life. The true vine wants you to love deeper. It wants you to go after God more. The true vine wants you to be more and more like Christ day by day. Number two, 
The true vine keeps you, listen to this, the true vine keeps you in the mirror, thank you God, of his will. The true vine keeps you in the mirror of his will. What do you mean? The true vine always holds the will of God up before you and keeps you in a constant state of running your life through the lens of the will of God. In other words, when you're connected to the true vine, the true vine always has the word, the will of God as the standard. The true vine does not hold, hold the world to the standard. It doesn't hold the age to the standard. It doesn't hold culture as the standard. It doesn't hold any of our modernities in the church to the standard. It doesn't hold any of that as a standard. The true vine will always, always keep you in the mirror of the will of God. Everything you do, everything you say, you must do and say through the lens of God, what is your will? God, what do you want? This is how you know if you are connected to the true vine. The true vine doesn't say, it's okay. I didn't really mean that. The true vine doesn't say you don't have to love. The true vine doesn't say you don't have to care. And the true vine does not lower the standard of God simply because the standards of God are not popular. The true vine doesn't go with the popular. It goes with the holy. The true vine does not go with the popular. It goes with the holy. It doesn't go with the crowd. It goes with the righteous. It does not go with the broad way. It goes with the narrow path. Glory. So number one, the true vine makes you uncomfortable. It always pushes you higher. Instead, thank you, Jesus, letting you settle. Number two, the true vine keeps you in the mirror of his will. It causes you to always keep the word of God as your standard of life. Number three, I hope y'all receiving this. Hope y'all receiving this. Number three, the true vine will love you in your backslidden state, but pull you out of it right there. Somebody should say thank you. The true vine will love you in your backslidden state, but always pull you out of it. The true vine doesn't want to see you stay backslidden. It will love you in your backslidden state, but pull you out of it. The true vine will always let you know you are not alone, even when you're not in alignment. Let me tell you, the true vine does not simply say, that's okay, keep living foul. That's okay, keep living in bitterness. That's okay, keep living in unforgiveness. No, the true vine will love you in your backslidden state, but also show you, remember, because the mirror of his will is before you, it will pull you out of it. Some of us, God has pulled us out kicking and scratching, but thank God for the true vine who loves me so much that you will not let me stay in the pit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the true vine, not that false vine, because the false vine will always make an allowance for your sin. The false vine will always tell you how it makes sense. The false vine will always tell you that they understand why you did the sin you did. But listen, Jesus, the true vine, will love you in a backslidden state. He's married to the backslider, but he will not want you to stay there. He will pull you out if you let him. Somebody right now listening to me needs to give Jesus your hand and say, listen, Pull me out of this. Pull me out of this mindset. Pull me out of this struggle. Pull me out of this heart hurt. Pull me out of this pain. Pull me out of this difficulty. That's what the true vine does. Let's go back. The true vine makes me uncomfortable. It is always pushing me higher instead of allowing me to settle. Thank you, Jesus. Number two, the true vine keeps me in the mirror of his will, causing the word of God to be my standard of life. 
Number three, the true vine will love you in your backslidden state, but pull you out of it. It lets you know you're not alone, but it also lets you know you're out of alignment. Here's number four. The true vine will feed you what you need according to your call. Listen, regardless of your desires or your palate, the true vine will feed you what you need according to your call, regardless of your desires or your palate. See, the true vine comes in and he says, listen, listen, listen. I'm going to put this food in front of you and you might not like it, but it is what you need. It is what you need. I understand you might want candy, but you don't need candy right now. My grandmother used to say, you'll spoil your dinner. She wouldn't let me have dessert, glory, before, because hey, 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 some of you right now, you want the blessing, but the blessing is actually the dessert to the meal, which is a changed and renewed mind. Glory. God wants to bless us. Yes, he does. God wants to take us higher. Yes, he does. God wants to give us the desires of our heart, but he needs us to do the work. The heart must be in alignment with him. He does not want to give us the dessert of his hand before we have gone after the vegetable of his heart. Y'all follow the analogy. The true vine is going to feed me, but he's going to feed me, watch this, a diet which is consistent with my call. The food that the true vine puts in front of you is selected, listen, to make you perform optimally, not to just satisfy your craving. Listen, 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 that's not about that because, listen, the true vine is trying to grow you, not simply make you uh, satisfied with what you had in the moment. The true vine wants you to grow. The true vine wants you to get better. The true vine wants you completely changed, healed, and delivered. The true vine wants you to be transformed. It wants you to be regenerated. The true vine wants all of that for you. And so to do that, he needs to put you on a diet, which is in complete alignment with the call of God on your life. So who is the true vine? If the true vine makes me uncomfortable, the true vine keeps me in the mirror of his will. The true vine uh, loves me in a backslidden state. The true vine will feed you what I need according to my call. Who is that? His name is Jesus. He says, I am the true vine. He turned around in one chapter before this. I am the way. This is who we need to meet. This is what we need to go after. He is our blueprint. Jesus walked this earth as the visible blueprint of how we are to live. Then turns around and gives us the Holy Ghost so that we can now walk in this blueprint. As you have seen me, so are we supposed to be in the earth. Come on now. The works that I've done shall you do and greater works also. So Jesus walked on this earth so that we could see the blueprint in him for what was possible when we walked with the Lord. And then he ascended to the Father, gave us the Holy Ghost so that we can then walk in his ways and have his mind and operate in his miracles. And we got to stay connected to the true vine just like Jesus stayed connected to the Father. We got to stay connected to him. 
But we have, we have to make sure that we are eliminating all false vines out of our life. That false vine that'll make you feel comfortable. That false vine that will not hold you accountable. That false vine that will make a backslidden state feel like growth. That false vine that will feed you what you want instead of what you need. We need the true vine that makes me feel uncomfortable. The true vine that puts the mirror of God's will in front of me. The true vine that will not keep me in a backslidden state but pull me out and the true vine that will feed me what I need. His name is Jesus. That's who I want you to meet today. If you want a meeting, you can. You know how to reach out. But this is the challenge. And I pray that you take it. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. This is my prayer.
Ready our hearts, ready our minds. In the name of Jesus. 